One of the best ways to keep up with church life is through the City Life app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sunday, explore the Bible while listening to messages, stay up to date with church life through our Connect section, and much more. Download the City Life app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. God bless you. I want you guys to go ahead and have a seat. I'm Tim. I'm your pastor here. I'm excited to share with you a few things today. Uh, first of all, uh, the ushers are coming right now. They have these these uh, these stacks of, of invitation cards. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to take one out and pass it down. You know, like when the, when the offering baskets pass, usually you don't take something out. Today I'm asking you to take something out at this point. But go ahead and take one out. And uh, these are little packets of invitation cards. Gives you a great opportunity to invite someone to church. On the front is all the information about church. On the back, we keep it blank so that you can write your name, uh, just your phone number or something like that. We, we, uh, we carry these with us. I carry, you know, the staff and I and, and many of you carry these with you all the time. So many people, so many of you have shared with me how you're grateful that you had one of these at the right moment to be able to invite someone to church. And I encourage you to do that because we have a very invitational culture around here. Is we, we want to invite people uh, out to be a part of what God is doing right here in downtown Fort Worth and what God's doing through our local church. So I encourage you strongly, go ahead and take one of these packets as it passes by, all right? Okay, get those. Put them in your pocket. Put them in your purse. And let's jump in to the message today. If you have your Bibles... Bible app, I'd like for you to open it up to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13, and uh, if you have some notes, something to take notes on, I encourage you to jot down a few things because one of the things that I believe is that God will speak to us when we're in settings like this, and uh, and that's what we want to write down, even those things or maybe some of the points on the screen, but today I'm launching a new series of messages and the series of messages is called Insatiable, Insatiable. And the question is, to settle or to soar? And that, that's my question I want to pose to you today. Do you want to settle or do you want to soar? Now, now I, I want to soar. I'll just be honest with you. I want to soar high. And, and really, all of us desire, uh, let's just call it success. We want to soar um, but, but I know some people might say, well, why do we talk about that in, in church? You know, well, actually, fundamentally, you actually have to kind of go back to the beginning. Does God want you to soar? Does God want you to move forward and to soar with your life? Well, what do you think? Does God want you just to settle in and just kind of, no. Does God want you to soar? Absolutely. See, unless you believe that God is out to get you and he's just looking for a reason to punish you, then you would have to answer that God does want you to soar. In fact, uh, all through the scriptures, we see that God is giving us the principles and the, and the encouragement to move forward and to win. And it is not just God, but for many of you, I'm your pastor. If you've been to the, to the Welcome to Church lunch, you know I mean? I'm your pastor. And, uh, and if you've not been, well, come to the Welcome to Church lunch afterwards today, so I can be your pastor. But, but as your pastor, I want to say this as well, is that I want you to be successful. I want you to soar. 
so that you can make Jesus known. I, I, I want you to refuse to settle for where you are right now. I have this saying I say around here a lot is that your best is yet to come, and I believe that. In fact, the reason I created this series is, is to challenge you, challenge you to live and grow and learn and move forward in such a way that your life will be a reflection of Jesus Christ, and Jesus will actually shine through you. Around here we say it's time to live, and I want you to live. I want the life of God just to ooze out of you. People bump into you and like, whoa, like that's a good thing. I want you to really live. I I want you to have this insatiable desire to soar. I want you to soar like an eagle. This desire to soar, it just just consumes you. You know, there are eagles and there are chickens. And and eagles never take their their lessons from chickens. The eagles soar and chickens, they, they just scratch around. I've seen eagles. I've, I've, I've watched eagles, but I've spent time with some chickens. We used to have chickens around the, around the, the yard when I was a kid. And, and believe me, I know chickens very, very well. I know how they act and operate and all that. I grew up around them. But see, but see the eagle, he's always out looking for his next meal. He's soaring high, searching out that next meal. And, uh, and I think even, even on the graphic screen, they show, show the eagle grabbing the S, I guess, which represents a snake or something like that. I think that's kind of a cool thing, but he's always looking for his next meal. But, but chickens, on the other hand, they, they always have their head to the ground, and they're, they're just looking around at the ground, and they're clucking, and, and they're just concentrating on picking up dirt and stuff like that or whatever's there. They're just waiting to get fed. And you come in with the food, and they get excited. It's like, yay, it's time for food again. But you're never going to find an eagle in a chicken coop asking for training on how to soar, Right? In fact, some of you, you're camped out in a chicken coop, and I want, I want to kick you out of the coop. And today, if you choose to stop settling for the chicken coop, you can soar. You know, and, and some of you, you're around a lot of other chickens that keep their heads to the ground, and, and, and they're, they're just constantly clucking about negativity, and they're settled in, and, and, and they're just waiting to get butchered. You know, life is hard, and we're all going to get butchered and die, but not you. <laughs> Not you, because eagles soar, not settle. If I'm going to soar like an eagle, the thing is I want to learn from other eagles. Uh, I want to do that. You know, in fact, even at the dismissal of our service, each time we recite this formal benediction. We've done this since the very beginning. We're just a few of us here. And, and, uh, and Moses, he was this, a person with this eagle mentality of soaring. He would speak these words over God's people and started doing this about 5,000 years ago. So this is an old, 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 old tradition. And, uh, and, and, and really he spoke these words over God's people as a reminder that God didn't want them just to stay put, that God had plans for them to soar and, and, and that they were, God wanted them to be distinct in culture so that when people saw them, it was like, wow, God's hand is on your life. That's actually been around for a long, long, long time. Moses would speak these words, and this is what we speak over you at the close of our service. God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face to make you prosper. And the reason we say this is so that you can keep making Jesus known. So, so God wants you to soar. God wants you to be a success. And these, these writings that are in the Bible, uh, you know, there are so many people in the Bible, there's, their lives soared, and they actually tell us how we can as well so that we don't have to stay put. I mean, God desires you to soar. You desire to soar. And here's the, here's the, 
the challenge, though. A lot of us stop right there. But there's something else we got to talk about. Desire really isn't enough because we all have dreams, we all have desires, and I bet so do the chickens, you know. <laughs> um, and a dream and a desire isn't enough. It really isn't. Soaring spiritually, whether you're going to soar emotionally, soar relationally, occupationally, it doesn't automatically come to the person who tries the hardest or someone who networks the best or someone who has the right job or someone who goes to the cooler church or someone who comes from the right place or the right family. No, it actually takes more. It's this insatiable desire to be teachable is really what it takes. See, without teachability, you're not going to reach your full potential. You won't. You're, you're not going to leave the mark on the world that, that you desire to make. You're not going to be able to soar if you're not teachable. Teachability matters really in every area of life, you know, whether it's career advancement, your dating relationships, your marriage, your uh, raising your children, your spiritual life, your spiritual vitality. And that's something that we need to be praying for is that God give us a teachable spirit. You know, that's my prayer. God, give me a teachable spirit. You should pray that. God, give me a teachable spirit. See, uh, a teachable spirit is about I, I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to relearn. I want to even relearn things that, that I've learned before. And I know that sounds redundant. It's like, well, if I've already learned it, why do I have to do it again? Well, I already know that. It sounds like extra work. And actually, when we begin to do that, we begin to shut our minds down, and we've actually settled. We're no longer able to soar. It's because teachability is about that resistance to settling. And, and the truth is, there's nothing wrong with relearning something that you've already known. There's nothing wrong with that. that. That's why me, myself, I read and I reread and I re-re-re-read the Bible. I don't know it all. I don't. I'm not the Bible answer man who has it all figured out. Some of you, you're disappointed. I don't know. What are we here? Well, good luck finding that person. All right. But I want to keep changing, guys. I want to soar higher. I want to thrive in my purpose to make Jesus known. And those who are insatiable to soar, they're not only teachable, but they're also change-oriented. You're oriented toward change. You actually have to do something. You, 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 you need to jolt your life out of a rut. And if some of you, you're in a rut today. Just, just believe this, that God sent you here to help you get jolted out of the rut, to get jolted out of that chicken coop. And I'm warning you, though, as you make the decision to make change, it's going to feel uncomfortable, and you're going to be tempted to go back to an old way of thinking, an old way of acting. But, and, and, and understand this, change is a process. Everything doesn't look perfect the next day, but it's worth it. Uh, John Maxwell, I love this, this quote from him. He, he said this, he says, if you want to keep doing, it says, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always got. And that's true. Psychologist Roger Selp, he wrote this book, I've referred to it before, called Train Your Brain for Success, and he gives us this little formula, and it, this works, this is actually very biblical, is desire to learn times willingness to change equals your level of teachability. That's a formula, I believe, that we can use for our spiritual lives, and, and, and the man that I'm actually going to be pointing to during this series of messages from now for the next few weeks is a man who started out uh, his life with the name of Saul, kind of like King Saul, you've heard of him. But this Saul is actually a completely different character. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he lived a little bit later in history, a completely different time than the King Saul. Uh, he's better known as Paul. Sometimes we call him, or I'll even call him the Apostle 
Paul, but this man was an epic church planter, and he went all over the Roman Empire uh, starting churches. It was about a couple decades after Jesus' ministry and after Jesus had left this earth. And his life and his journey was actually very pivotal in the shaping of the lives of millions of people, not just then, but today as well. He was a man, Paul was a man, who refused to settle, but to soar. And therefore, I think we can learn a lot from him. That's why I like to read his stuff. But see, Paul didn't start off that way. In fact, Paul was originally, uh, I guess you could say, one of the most unteachable, arrogant, hateful people around. Uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament, there's this book called Acts, and, and, uh, and it tells us about this movement that broke out in Jerusalem after Jesus' death and resurrection, and, and it was led by the followers of Jesus, and they were known as Christians. But this movement began to quickly develop and expand and spread. It went to other towns and villages around the area and around that part of the world, really, uh, but, but not everybody was very excited about this turn of events, and Paul was one of those. Uh, a lot of people in the established religious community were pretty upset about this. They didn't like this good news message getting out, uh, and it was sweeping the land, and it was stopping people from doing the religious stuff that the, that the Jews already had set up. Now, one of the most outstanding voices at the time, uh, which was against this message and against the people of Jesus, was this man, named Saul, whose name was later changed to Paul. He was, I guess you could say, a high achiever in, um, in the standards, by the standards of Jerusalem at that time. He had a big name. He was extremely successful, and he was not at all open to this message that he saw was coming from this rogue group of uneducated people. And he was so passionately against this movement, he actually resorted to violence and history tells us that he, would, he was involved in putting Christians to death. I mean, what, what a great guy, you know? Good religious guy. He's going to kill other people because they don't believe like he does. You want to talk about hateful? You want to you talk about unteachable? Yeah. <laughs> some of you goes, some of you are thinking, man, I thought I had haters. Yeah, you know, if you would have him as a hater, you didn't run him for your life. And the Christians were. But then Paul had this face-to-face encounter with the risen Jesus, and, and it literally changed everything in his life. I'm telling you right now, an encounter with Jesus will change everything in your life. And, and what happened there is Paul was given a choice. He had this choice whether he was going to soar, which meant he was going to get to choose to surrender his prideful, arrogant attitude and his lifestyle of hatred and, and embrace teachability and have a chance to change the world, or he could settle for the way he had been living, and, and he can just choose to maintain his present course, but he would disappear and fade into oblivion, and he would become irrelevant. Well, Paul, what he did is he chose that first choice. He chose to soar. And because of this choice, Paul then went from hating the message of Jesus to embracing it. In fact, history says this is one of the, he became one of the greatest advocates of Christianity. And, and then he, he, he took some time and was, was, uh, allowed himself to be disciplined by Jesus, and, and it worked. He took the correction, and he changed his ways, which really goes back to what Solomon says, which is good for us to know as well as too, is whoever disregards dis- discipline comes to poverty and shame. But whoever heeds correction, that means listens to people who are correcting you, and it's good correction if it's the right kind, then you're honored. That's what happened to him. 
That's what happened to him. It works the same for us. And today now, some 2,000 years later after, after Paul, I mean, the message of Christianity, it's alive and it's thriving around the world, and much of it can actually be directed right back to that man, Paul, the apostle. In fact, do you know that Paul wrote about two-thirds of the letters that you find in the New Testament? I mean, his writings have literally impacted the world. His companion who traveled with him wrote actually more words in the New Testament than anyone else. That guy was a, was a Gentile man by the name of Luke. And, and this man had huge, huge impact. His writings, do you realize the writings of Paul are more widely read than Shakespeare, Tolstoy, Charles Dickens, J.K. Rowling, all combined? <laughs> Pretty cool, right? See, and my prayer is that what happened to Paul will happen to you over these next several weeks. I'm hoping that, I'm just really hoping that some of you are going to be knocked off your present course. <laughs> and you're going to make choices that's going to be literally life-altering. I believe that there are many, many people, in all honesty, that will be impacted by the choices you make, the decision that you take to soar, to embrace teachability and to change. And I want you to note this, is that your life matters far more than what you can see right in front of you right now and what you're currently experiencing. The reason I say that is because your life was designed to impact others. Your, it was designed that way by God. That's part of our purpose in life. God wants you to soar. He doesn't want you to settle. And I am going to challenge you to soar. See, Paul had this insatiable desire to grow and to learn. And we see it all through the, the New Testament. And he, I mean, he, he knew that the key to soaring was, was just that right there. It's growing and learning and, 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 and making change in his life along with being full of the Holy Spirit. And, and as a result, we can learn a lot from him. Instead of us having to go through trial and error, let's learn from the best. Uh, we can never be walking around with this arrival mentality, like I've already arrived, because Paul never did that. We shouldn't ever do that. <laughs> and the cool thing is, is that when you get into this, you'll notice that whatever you feed begins to grow. <laughs> and your desire is going to grow more and more and more every day. It's interesting. We have two chihuahuas at our house, and, and one, one chihuahua loves to eat, and the other one just like, you know, I'll have snacks. And it's, it, it's very obvious in the size of their bodies. And so we, we have to separate the two chihuahuas when it comes to eating time so that the one, well, you know, they'll have both have equal amounts. And, and if, you know, if perhaps they get out, well, the, the one who's larger goes after the food of the, you know, the, it's, it's just what you, what, you know, whatever you feed grows. It's, that's just the way it works. And it'll work in your life. I promise you, it does work. And have you ever been around a person who's just chronically bored? <laughs> you know, have you ever been around someone like that? A few years ago, I came up with this theory on boredom. Just, it's just my boredom theory. It's like those who settle are those who are always bored. Yeah, whatever. I get up in the morning. I'm not quite sure about what I'm going to do. I don't really have a plan. I don't even have any scheduled rest. I don't have any agenda. And they're floating through life bored, kind of like a chicken. Again, I was raised with them, so I know those things, <laughs> with its head to the ground, looking around, and then thinking, well, who's going to come feed me today? But the cure to boredom is to soar, <laughs> And it's to accept God's purpose and call on your life and to aggressively grow and learn and change. And trust me, you won't be bored anymore. Learn, grow, change. I mean, I, I have 
there, no idea how many times, for, even for me personally, that I've read the Bible through. And every time I do, I see new things, I capture new things, I learn new things. The eyes of my understanding about God and his ways are open, and it changes me. And that's the beautiful part of it. Which reminds me again that I've still not arrived, which is a good thing. That Tim is still growing, and that Tim has to make the daily choice to soar. Because everything around me is the chicken coop trying to pull me down. You know, I, I want to encourage you to ask God to cultivate just a spirit of wonder. A wonder about him and about his ways. Be curious about the world around you and God's wonderful creation. Be curious about how the Holy Spirit of God desires to work in your life and, and begin to stir up your faith and then see what begins to unfold right in front of you. How do you do that? Well, by aggressively learning and growing and changing. Paul, he said it this way. He said, this, he said that faith comes from hearing the message. Okay? That's important. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. And what that means is we need to dive in to God's word, the scriptures, if you want your faith to soar. Here's how to do it. You need to be in church. You need to be around people who are going to challenge you based on the principles that are in God's Word. And just do it and grow. I attended Southwestern as soon as I got to university back in the 1980s. And, uh, yeah, I was alive back then. It took me five years to get through my undergraduate studies. And I, I would go to school year-round, uh, all summer, all the time. I, I worked at a, I worked full-time at a grocery store in uh, in, in Waxahachie, Kroger. It's just not there anymore. But I, could, um, I, I couldn't really take more than 12 to 14 hours per semester, and I was always just like always in class trying to get through. But I wanted more out of my education than what was being provided to me by the books that I was forced to read. Now, you, you understand education. You understand that you're forced to read books, and you don't always like the books that you're forced to read. I, you know, I, just, I just thought, you know, I, I have faith that I want to be a pastor. I had this, I, but I, I, I began to realize if I'm going to do this, because I was noticing a lot of the other people I was going to school with, it's like, I don't know, they're kind of clucking around on the ground. They're, they're just, they're just like sticking their nose in the sand saying, feed me. I, I, I want to be able to soar, but I, how am I going to do that? And, and so I, I, I realized this, that I was gonna, it was going to take sacrifice on my part to move forward. And I, I remember hearing a message about it in church when I was in college. So around the beginning of my junior year, I decided that I was going to start my own regiment of study, and I did. It was in addition to my assigned studies, and I actually started reading books that were not assigned to me. I saw this book advertised in a magazine at that time called Charisma Magazine. Does anyone remember Charisma Magazine? Two people, three people in the whole church. Okay, four. <laughs> Well, and, and I saw it in there. It was an advertisement, and you could tear out this little thing and fill it out and send it in. We didn't have Amazon back then. It was a hard, hard, hard life. <laughs> you couldn't order stuff and get it showed up at your doorstep two days later or the next day or come in and buy, buy a drone. No, no, no. And, and, and so I, 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 I found this book. It was called The Winning Attitude by John C. Maxwell, and, and I, I, I went to a bookstore, and I hunted it down, and I found it, and I got it, and, and I took it, and I read it, and I remember getting a highlighter. Like we used highlighters all the time back then. I'd highlight all these pages, and I just drank it up, and uh, this was written by a pastor in San Diego, 
Uh, he's today he's known as the world's most quoted author on leadership, John C. Maxwell. I love that. In fact, Devin, bring me up one of those books right now here uh, because <coughs> because I want to show you a copy. Actually, I have a copy of this book right here, and uh, it's called The Winning Attitude. And I found it not only, and this is delivered by Amazon. It's so nice, uh, but. It's a, it has the winning attitude in it, but also two other books that were that impacted me in a huge way. I got really excited when I saw this, and uh, and so I was like, wow, wow I, I, I got to get the book because I get the book and the books. And really, one of the cool things is open this up anywhere near the front, near the, near the front, anywhere near the front. Well, not the front page. Yeah, near the front. One of the things is yeah, like we're right there. And one of the things is is I was looked at. I went, oh my goodness, it's the same font from the original book. It's like the 1980s font. I, I got, I, it is, I was, I was so excited. Okay, so I want to ask you, you're like, who of you feels, you just raise your hand, you'll say, I feel called to lead. I feel called to lead. You, you, you know, just lift your hand, you feel called to lead, lift your hand, good, 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 okay. How many of you, keep your hand up, how many of you would just be bold enough to say, yeah, but, but I'll also, I also really feel like I'm supposed to, I, I, I'm driven to, to, to grow and to learn. I'm driven to soar. Lift up your other hands. You're going to have two hands up. Okay, now see, now those are, those are the hands of eagles. I'm going to put it down. All right, so those are hands of eagles. So here's what I want to do. So I, yeah, I eagle power, you know, exactly. You don't, except you don't suck on the egg, you know, from uh, uh, what movie is that? Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. No, don't do that. Uh, but uh, but who, who still had their two hands up? You know, you're, you're, like, you're like an eagle. You're like an eagle. Okay, I see an eagle right back there on the very back row, right there. Stand up, sir. Yes, you, you in the checkered shirt. I can't see faces, but oh, yeah. yeah. Take him, take him the book. Yeah. I want you to take it and digest it and read it and consume it. Those three books changed my life outside of the Bible. I love the scriptures. I've not read, read those books nearly as much as the scriptures, but they've changed me. You know, whoever has a tenacious, teachable spirit will begin to soar. But soaring and becoming everything that you were created to be means that you will have to pay sacrifices. You will have to buy a book. Some of you, you're going to need to go to conferences and invest in yourself. That's a good thing. People are shouting me down over here on that. You know, this week I'm going to be spending time at a conference. Why do I want to do that? Because I need to grow. I want to soar higher. Several of you, you took off last Thursday and Friday, and you were attending a Kairos conference here because you wanted to grow in your relationship with God and your relationship with other people, right? And good for you. And you know that today you're soaring higher because of that investment. Here's the deal. You either get to pay now and soar later, or you can settle down now, but you're going to pay big time later by giving your life over to the boredom of living like a chicken in the chicken coop waiting to be butchered and for someone to feed you. What a life. So your future is waiting, and it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter, you know, because if you're still alive and breathing, and I have been near the deathbeds of people who are way up in years, and they're still breathing. They said, there's a reason why I'm breathing, and it's because all I can do right now is pray, and I'm praying for you every day. It's like, good, God, keep this person alive, you know? Hey, God is not done with you yet. The best is yet to come. Today, I have very, three very, very simple challenges. Three simple challenges, but I'm going to challenge you to do it. This is going to lay the foundation for everything we're talking about for the next several weeks. If you're going to be insatiable to soar, three challenges of this. Here's the first one. Be in the Word of God. Be in church. 
and involve others in your life. Say, well, those are too simple. No, they're not because most people aren't doing them. They're not. You wonder why you're bored. This will keep you from being bored right here. (laughs) I just want to say, you know, every one of those are critical. Involving others, I mean, don't don't be giving off a vibe to other people that, that you don't want them around you. Invite people to church. Use those cards. Invite people to church. Be in a here in a couple weeks, two or three weeks, we're going to be launching connect groups. We'll have all the, all these new groups that become, people can be a part of. Get into one. Well, what if I don't like it? Then go to a different one. You know, it's okay. Some of you, you're called to lead. You're called to to serve. You need to come to that connect uh, workshop on Saturday. You need to be a part of that so that you can be you you can help other people to grow, and you'll grow yourself a lot more than even being in one yourself. You need to be a part of city life. You need to come to this lunch this afternoon. It's like, well, I don't know. I already I don't have lunch plans. Yet. Well, that, don't be bored. Just be here. You know, twelve, twelve fifty. Hey, Paul said it well. I had you turn your Bibles to see this, and I want you to look at this. Second Timothy one, he said, verse thirteen. He said, "What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching." with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Look at this. This is good. This is something that jumped out at me that I'd never really noticed before. I've read this thing probably 500 times. But he says, guard the good deposit that was trusted to you and guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So that's actually something we you, we want the Holy, the Holy Spirit lives in us if you're a believer. But it's something in addition to just the Holy Spirit being there. It's this deposit, this teaching, this, te- this hunger to grow that's there. And I'm telling you, every Sunday is a deposit in this place for the teachable who want to grow, who want to change, who want to soar. And I challenge you today, even with what I've already shared with you, guard it well. Grow it. Be insatiable to soar. One of the things I'm challenging you to also do is to read Paul's letters over the next 60 days. I'm going to ask you to read the Bible for the next 60 days. And this, can, this may be a huge, huge step for some of you. But do you realize that, that in 10 minutes a day, you can read through, these, through Paul's letters over the next 60 days? You can. In fact, I've got it all set up for you easy. I've got it set up for you easy. We have this, there's this version Bible app. If you don't have the version Bible app, Y-O-U version Bible app, you should have that on your, on your phone. But, but, but it's very simple. There's a, there's a little thing on there called Look for Plans, and the little plan is called, uh, it's called Paul's Letters. There, there it is, and it looks like that, so you'll know that's, that's what it is. And this is called Paul's Letters. These are the most read, this is that most read material, you know, that I was telling you about earlier. They have these little video intros that help you get started to understand the context of what's about to happen in Scripture. And, and I put it up on my Facebook profile to say, you know, hey, I'm going to be encouraging people to, to start this plan. And, and a bunch of people already of my, of my Uversion Bible app friends have already jumped on board. Hey, if you're not one of my Uversion friends, you need to jump in. Just do the Uversion thing, set up a profile, and hunt me down because I'm in there and you'll see me. But, uh, but I noticed, like, some of my friends are already on there, T.J. Bell, Janet Crisson, Suzanne Flores, Preston White, Liz Hoverman, Colby Erickson, Cindy Hollingsworth, Joel LeBras, and Paige Sheeler have already started this plan with me. Yeah, and, and so it's kind of cool because I can see it and I can put a little heart on, on, on their Bible reading. It's just fun. It's just fun. 
if you don't can't figure this out, just go to my Facebook profile and find it and and because I do the I put the challenge out there on Monday or Tuesday. It's one of my favorite ways to grow as I read the Bible every day. I, I started this practice when I was 18 years old and I've never regretted it. I say, well, didn't you've never missed a day? I didn't say that. I said I read the Bible every day, but I I do miss days. And what do I do is I don't just quit. I jump right back in where I left off. I do that because I want to soar. And the scriptures, the word of God helps me so much, and it will help you. And this is the most underrated thing that we can do for ourselves right here. I want you to be insatiable. to. I I want you to grow. You know what? Here's the deal. If church is not on your calendar, then it's not your priority. You shouldn't be looking at your calendar. Well, what's coming up on Sunday? No, if it's not on your calendar, it's not your priority. We'll give you a couple of options here on Sundays. but, but, But don't sell yourself short simply because church takes up a little extra time. Sure, I mean, uh, you, you, it's, it's going to, to be an extra thing at first, but no, it's actually pretty good. I have never regretted my commitment to be in church all my life. I've never regretted it because it's helped me and it's encouraged me. And Sundays ended up being my best days. They really do. Yeah, you can make it through today. Because at church, what you're also going to do is you're going to experience the life-changing power of Jesus. You're not just going to hear teaching, but it's experiencing God himself. And you know what? You can make it through another day because of what Jesus did for you. You might say, well, it's, you know, it's a sacrifice to, to be in church. Well, you know what? Jesus sacrificed a lot. But the scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, oh, I love this scripture. It says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What does that mean to hope in the Lord? That's not just thinking about God. No, that means to hold on to God. That means to call on God and to search for God and and, and to trust God, to hold out with contentment that God's going to come through for you and expect and and abide uh, in in just hope-filled faithfulness toward God and commit to this this unwillingness to give up and to settle down. How do we do this? Well, just by being insatiable with our hunger for God. Be in the Word. Be in church. Invite others. Have other people as a part of your spiritual journey with you. Jesus sacrificed so that you can soar. In fact, today we're going to do Holy Communion, and Holy Communion is actually an illustration of His sacrifice for you. We do Holy Communion, there are two elements, the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus. Band, worship team, I want you to come up now. There are these two elements, and we, we, we take them as a living illustration to remind us of what Jesus did for us so that we will never just become complacent and say, well, you know, everything's going to be okay. No, we, we need to know that Jesus allowed himself to be tortured and crucified, executed for you and for me. <laughs> so that we could have eternal life, so that we could live forever, and so that we could soar in our lives. And at City Life Church, we practice what we call open communion. Open communion means that you don't have to be a part of our church to receive communion, but you need to be a follower of Jesus. Some of you here today, you, you're, you may not be a follower of Jesus, or, or maybe you're here today and 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 
you're hearing this message and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to soar. I want to move forward. I, I, I need to get things right in my heart with Jesus. Well, now's the time. Now's the time. I want to encourage you to make the choice to follow Jesus today. i like there to be no movement in the room at this time at all. Please, no movement. i like for you guys just to focus internally and let the Holy Spirit speak to you, to your heart and your life. <clears throat> hey, if Jesus Christ isn't the Lord of your life right now, you found yourself locked in this chicken coop of, so many emotions that are just negative and pulling you down and defeating you and distracting you, like Preston said earlier. That's the time to give your life to Jesus. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life today, give your life completely to him, I want you to acknowledge that just simply by lifting your hand in just a moment. When I count to three, I'll say one, two, three. Just lift your hand for me. That way I can connect my faith with yours, okay? So we're going to pray together, and then we're going to receive communion. Is that you? Do you need to give your life to Jesus today? Is today your day? Don't wait another moment longer. Would you lift your hand? One, two, three. Just lift your hand so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. And put your hands down. By making that choice to give your life to Jesus, everything changes today. What I'd like for us to do is I want every person in this room to pray. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this as well. But I want everyone else to pray as an encouragement for those of you who did lift your hands. And even as a reaffirmation of our faith. Come on, pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. I give my life to you. I give up my past and I embrace the future that you died to provide me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. You know, City Life Church, we are all about developing followers of Jesus who influence and shape culture. And it's possible that you are even feeling a, a shift that is coming in your life or possibly deep down inside you feel called to something more. And City Life might be a part of that future. Let me tell you, Launch Sunday is the big event that's coming up, and it's happening on February 10th, 2019. And if you'd really like to be a part of what God is doing in downtown Fort Worth through City Life Church, I'm asking you to go and visit our website at citylifefw.org and click the launch button. Uh, you could also just come and visit one of our services because I, I really believe the future is bright and it's limitless in potential. I want you to hear my vision. I want you to be a part of what God is doing at City Life and come and chat with me personally after one of the services.